I'll, I'll fix it for next time. We'll survive. Yeah. Somehow. It's like you guys knew I hit record. That was eerie. <laughs> <laughs> and awkward silence. Awkward Holy. Time. I didn't say anything because I thought you guys would keep going. But no, you, nope. you both just fucking shut up at exactly the same time. <laughs> hey. <sighs> it was a natural lull in the conversation, Mark. You, yeah. just, you just have to, you know. It's instinct. Yeah. Are we ready to start? It's like recording, so okay. yes, I'm ready now. <laughs> All right. Welcome, listeners, to episode 189 of Dance Robot Dance, a podcast for all things nerdy, geeky, and whatever. Um, I'm your host today, Paul. I'm coming from you from Milton, Ontario, finally Woo! returned to the, the homeland of Canada, beaver country, etc. <laughs> Not for you. We don't we don't call it that. Also, <laughs> nobody calls it that. There's th- yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm joined by my uh, my brother Mark, also in Milton, Ontario, in the same house. That's uh, not good. This, but this like, never happens. Yeah, yeah. almost never. <laughs> no. Yeah, the house is just full of farts now. So that's, that's what that is. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. And we're also joined by Tim, who is still wasting away in Atlanta, Georgia. So <laughs> he is. Hi, everybody. Not for much longer. Fucking house is like sold now, and I'm starting to talk to recruiters up there. So wheels are in motion. Yeah. Oh, no. We're going to be <laughs> all in like general proximity to each other soon. Yeah, it's exactly. Like- for a time, anyway. For a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got a, a fun episode uh, planned out for you guys today, but first we're going to go into our news. Plenty of news this week, but I wanted to hit on some big items. There is a The Last of Us HBO series in development from the guys who made Chernobyl, which sounds pretty good, but I don't know how they're going to expand the storyline at all. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm on board because I like The Last of Us. I don't know if we actually... It's one of those games, though, that I'm not sure if we need a TV series of. But, I mean, at this point, they're just going to make a TV series out of everything. So, we really got to come up with that dumb idea, boys. And, like, yeah. you know, whatever Dance Robot Dance the TV show is on Netflix, we need to figure that out. Because yeah. it's going to happen eventually. So, Because everybody's yeah. getting a shot now, it sounds like. You know, just everybody's getting a shot. Yeah. Warren Ellis has a TV show with gay vampires. It's the craziest fucking time to be alive. Oh, so. <laughs> so good, too. Yeah. I did not play Last of Us, so I have no opinion on this. But my favorite take on it was uh, The Hard Times, which uh, their headline was, The Last of Us video game currently in the works based on hit series of cutscenes. Yes. <laughs> Basically... <laughs> It was it's one of those walking simulators, basically. Not. It actually has gameplay to it, but it you know it's not too too. It's very cinematic, basically. It's kind of like a yeah. Not as bad as Heavy Rain, but no, but still pretty. Like it's very much like a an interactive film experience, kind of. Yeah. Vibe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Speaking of gay vampires written by Warren Ellis, Castlevania Season 3 has begun this week. Mark and I are both... Well, Mark's already finished. Yes, I am. And I'm three episodes in and loving it so far. And Tim probably hasn't even... I have not watched a minute of Castlevania. It's on my list, but I'm not as massive a fan of the franchise as you guys are. And Warren Ellis too. Just he's so great. Just I do like guy. Warren Ellis. I mean, I, I've been I've been reading more Warren Ellis lately because he's doing more DC stuff, more mm. stuff on my side of the street. So and that yeah. Wildstorm series, and he's doing that Batman series right now. And yeah, 
and kicking ass on Castlevania. We should do a review of that series if it ever finishes. I don't know. I want it to keep going though because it's this season so far has been really good. So we could do like the first, uh, like do one season at a time or something like that. That's usually how we do TV shows, anyways. Yeah, that's true. They are pretty well, short after all. The first two seasons you probably have to do as a chunk because you did the first season. It's like that'll be a real disappointing four episodes of like, oh wow. <laughs> Everything looks really pretty in animation, but like nothing happens for four <laughs> episodes. And then season two is where I was like, oh, wait, this show's amazing. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah, there that's, is that. Let's see. We have, oh, director of Aquaman, James Wan, is developing a new monster movie for Universal because Universal does not want to let their dark universe die for some well, reason after I the mean, success of Invisible Man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so they there's like some glimmer of hope that they're going to get these monster movies all made, and okay, so I don't, I just don't understand like the conceit of wanting this like cinematic universe of monsters, but some guy at Universal is like, <laughs> it's, it boils down to like they they own the licenses to all this stuff, or like they own the rights to all these characters, and they're like, we we got to do something because like. Everybody else is kicking our teeth down our throats, right? So, yeah, like, and we don't want these to go into public domain. These well, particular versions yeah, of the monsters. yeah, I guess I guess there's that too, probably. But yeah. I don't any of these movies that I've seen like they don't really seem to harken back to those like Victorian era like classics too too much. Like, I mean, fuck the mummy was I couldn't even get through the first hour of it, so I don't actually know how that really panned out. But yeah, not yeah. not well. No, I I've not watched a single one of these. They just don't like. I mean, if I want to watch those fucking, like, classic movie monsters, I'll go back and watch fucking, you know, Boris like Karloff and shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. And fucking, or, like, the Hammer movies or some shit like that. Like, not, like, that's the appeal of these characters is that they're kind of fucking cheesy and, like, you know, that, you know, they're B-horror. Like, don't try and make something real and serious out of them. Yeah. Yeah. And don't try to make them into the Avengers, kind of. Like, why? What is <laughs> yeah. the what is the reason? I don't know. It's weird to me, but it's. I guess it's happening. I do want to see the Invisible Man only because I've heard Elizabeth Moss is excellent as she usually is in every movie she's in. So yeah. you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. What's next? Oh, speaking of finding directors for things, um, Disney's Hocus Pocus sequel has found a director. The director is Adam Shankman of Step Up fame and What Men Want. So, This is yay. what happens when we let Paul do the news. <laughs> uh, Hocus Pocus. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> is this not a nostalgic, wonderful thing? Except that it's I, terrible because, like... Yeah, I, I didn't watch it until, like, two years ago. Like, Alicia made me watch it. I was like, this, this is not good. Are you serious? Hocus yeah. Pocus is one of those things, like, that Paul has this... The, the age gap between Paul nostalgia and I shows, you know what I mean? Where Paul has this huge nostalgia for it. Yeah. And I have huge nostalgia for Sarah Jessica Parker's cleavage. And that's about it. <laughs> um, they did and, like, set her up real hard in that. They did. But like the movie's not good by any objective standards whatsoever. But like, <laughs> I, I there's this disagree. I, and that's your right to disagree, but I'm just stating my opinion on it. So <laughs> even though I did say objectively terrible and it is objectively terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's not, um, what, how do I say it's, it's a, it's a romp. It's yeah, a it's a guilty pleasure, I think, is what you would call it, because it's not... <laughs> I don't know. Like, gays and women in my age bracket across the, the North All America, of you love it. 
all of you. Christy it. loved it. Remember, Christy always like would go on yeah. about this movie too, and we were always like, "This is not." Yeah, it's an age thing. Like it's a. It must be just like a couple years, and yeah, I mean, maybe... Alicia's three years younger than me, and she like is fucking all about this movie. So, yeah. so there yeah. you go. Maybe yeah. it's, it's like Pokemon, big... man. It's like uh, Pokemon. Yeah. You know, we just missed the boat. Yeah, pretty much. Let's see what else. Ah, James Bond has been delayed because of the coronavirus. He has. Um, it has been delayed to November, so like a Thanksgiving time release, North American or North American, American Thanksgiving, United States Thanksgiving. So we're hoping that they'll get some more time to edit it, maybe? I mean, it would be nice if it came down for 163 minutes, but I feel like they've announced that length and they're pretty locked into it. Yeah. So I don't I think mean, they're going to be cutting was- any more of it. Yeah, exactly. It was ready to release. They've probably kind of sent everybody home at this point. You know, they're yeah. not going to want to dump them. You know, they're just going to sit on it for you know five months or six months or whatever. Yeah, more. That's like fucking an eight yeah. month delay. Yep. Yeah, because it was supposed to be out what like in a uh, couple in a few weeks, like April. Yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to come out in April. It's supposed to be the beginning of the summer, I think, this year, kind of. So yeah, I don't know. That's uh, it's too bad that, that all this is craziness is happening. But I mean, better safe than sorry. And you got to protect those big corporate profits for you know. When it's also like it's a franchise that does well globally. Like it's not like a Marvel movie or like a Star Wars movie or something like that. We're like, okay, we don't really have to worry too much about the Asian market, anyways, kind of thing. So they, you know, they want to make sure that it's going to do well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, nobody wants to go sit in a crowd of people right now. So that's uh, yeah probably for the best yeah i don't know personally i think that a lot of this shit is being overblown based on the actual like statistics and facts of this virus but that's just me and my science brain don't hey don't ruin my paranoia with your science brain god damn it tim you know (laughs) come on yeah sorry you You can yeah your tinfoil hat makes you immune to my science brain that's fine it does it works perfectly Uh, let's see. Oh, um, Gina Torres of Suits and uh, Firefly fame is joining a uh, weird vampire soap opera about the brides of Dracula. So this has a lot of things that I'm very interested in that you guys probably don't care about. Although you guys like Gina Torres, right? Firefly? Yeah. Yeah. fine. Yeah, she's a, um, I don't know about this show. Like, it sounds real stupid. Kind of like Dark Shadows, like 1970s vampire soap opera idiocy. But I'm going to watch it because she's in it. Hey, I, I mean, what we do in the shadows is fucking stupid vampire shit. And it's hilarious. It is hilarious. Yeah. But that show, man. It's so, that show is so great. Oh I God. love it. I love it's it. It's coming back pretty soon, too. It is. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I don't have any other news. The, that was all the stuff that I found. Well, there was other stuff that got hit by the coronavirus, too. Uh, Comic-Cons are starting to get canceled oh, for, right. from it, including Emerald City Comic-Con, which is supposed to happen like next week or something like that in uh, that one's Seattle, I think. That's Seattle, yeah. yeah. I, I've saw, I saw some stuff about people pulling out of CTV, too, this week. I don't, I'm still waiting to hear about Toronto Comic-Con, which is coming up in a couple weeks as well. So oh, yeah. everything's up in the fucking air right now when it right, comes to yeah. these shows happening, so... South by um, Southwest got canceled too. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say South by West, South by Southwest is huge, and that got canceled this week. So that's fucking crazy. Yeah. So. We, we're not gonna talk about the Batmobile. 
Oh, I forgot about the Batmobile because I posted <laughs> it in our chat. It's like, we've talked about that. No, yeah. we haven't. Not um, on the podcast. So we've been getting more screen tests and screenshots because we saw the Robert Pattinson Batsuit. And now we've seen the Robert Pattinson Batmobile, which looks like he dropped a real big glowy red engine in midlife crisis car. But I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks cool. I'm kind of into it uh, in yeah. a year, year one kind of way. Yeah, I mean, it's one of, like, IO9's, well, one of uh, Gizmodo's, like, partner sites, Jalopnik, like, did a whole, like, fucking analysis of what it is, and they're saying it looks like, like a 1970 Barracuda with, like, a Ford V10 engine in it kind of thing, which that sounds kind of insane, but I, I think it looks good. Like, I like this whole vibe that they're going for where it's like early days batman not like crazy fucking high-tech batman like you know he's just still trying to figure shit out he's just working on like modified like you know stock vehicles and shit like that and like his armor looks pretty much like he just threw some shit together and that sort of thing so it feels like he's using like lego pieces from multiple sets to build his uh arsenal kind of thing and i dig that i like that he's kind of it's feels very do-it-yourself yeah I'm having more and more hope for, like, I recently watched The Lighthouse with Robert Pattinson in it, and he was amazing in it, acting opposite Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking weird movie, but he was so good in it, I was all like, oh, maybe I do will like him as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, so we'll see. Yeah, I haven't discounted him by any stretch. Yeah, you can't blame him for latching on to that, the Twilight movies. I mean, they were probably a real good paycheck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's a past Batman that is jumping aisles now. Tessa Thompson in an interview let slip that uh, Christian Bale is going to be the villain in Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. So, I mean, that's Christian Bale as a villain sounds like sounds like fucking fun. Yeah, he he strikes me more villainous overall. He's just got like. I don't know. Maybe he's he's that evil kind of handsome. I think he, his casting made a lot of sense in American Psycho overall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then the very last thing, which sort of follows on from Thor, Taika Waititi is apparently doing a bunch of rolled doll shit for Netflix. Yeah, I saw that too. And like, I'm like... <sighs> doing like two series set in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory world. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that one. I like Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl was a uh, children's author who hated children. So I kind of understand him on a visceral level. But like, I just like the Johnny Depp, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is too fresh in my mind for me to care about this. Other Roald Dahl stuff. What else is there? The Witches? The Witches was pretty cool. Like it was a weird that weird campy Angelica Houston movie from the eighties. Right, right. Yeah. Well there's yeah. uh what Matilda Oh, that's not Roald Doll. Matilda is Roald Doll, actually. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. And and the BFG, but there was already a there was a uh, recent BFG yeah, recent adaptation. Uh, adaptation of that. So I don't know. I mean it just it and also Taika's fucking plate just has to be ma- like just chock full right now. Like it seems like every other week we're getting news about like Taika Waititi is going to do this and this and this. And I'm like, yeah, when? Yeah. Like, and how many, how many decades is he going to take to do all these fucking projects? Who, who does this remind me of? Guillermo del Toro used to have this same problem oh, yeah. where he had like a, a million projects the and Hobbit, how many got Haunted done. Mansion and yeah. Yeah. 
and not many of those things actually came to fruition. Like, yeah. still waiting on that HP Lovecraft movie there, Guillermo del Toro. Still yeah. waiting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But that was all the stuff I had. Anyways. Do you have anything, Mark? Negative. All right. So let's move on to our Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. This is the segment where we talk about the geekiest thing we did this week. So let's start with Tim. Tim, what was your geekiest thing this week? I've been traveling for work this past week, and as I tend to do when I travel, I uh, was playing some Pokemon Go. When I finished off a couple of, uh, well, I, I've moved along a couple of like the like the fancy research tasks kind of mm. thing, and I finally closed one of them out. It was the uh, Thousand Year Slumber one. Oh. I'm trying to remember what the Pokemon is. Jirachi. Get at the end of that. Jirachi. Yes, Jirachi. So I finally got that. But I still have the fucking like Let's Go Meltan because those tasks are a pain in the ass. Yeah. If you have the Meltan boxes and stuff like that from Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, it's a lot easier <laughs> to just mm. catch Meltan that way. But yeah. Yeah, so, but I'm still, like, I'm stuck on, like, the second to last one where it's, here, catch all these, like, Pokemon that never fucking spawn in the wild, so good luck yeah. with that. And, and then I've also got a couple left on Looming in the Shadows, the Team Go Rocket one. Oh, yeah, I'm uh, still working on that one, too, actually. Uh, yeah, I have to be, I've beaten one of the leaders. Well, I've beaten, like, two, I think, of the leaders already, and then I got the fucking research task and was like, oh, actually, you gotta go beat those fuckers again. Yeah. So, like, really? I wouldn't have fucking, like, used up my trackers or whatever if I'd known. Yeah. I was gonna have to get it, like, and I was gonna get a research task later, so I still gotta beat Arlo and Sierra. I've beaten Cliff already. Yeah, Cliff was easy. Arlo, Arlo and Sierra, not too bad, but beating Giovanni can be a yeah, serious I've heard. pain in the ass. So good luck. I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mark, what was your geek of the week? I just left my body for a minute there while you guys were talking about <laughs> Pokemon. Uh so geek of the week. Uh yeah, I my brother beat me up in Street Fighter at home, which was kind of fun. Because <laughs> yeah. we now that Paul is living in the house, we uh sat down finally this week and Paul was home for more than fifteen minutes and we got to sit down and just play a video game and he beat the shit out of me and it was a lot of fun trash talking him on the couch while he beat the Pumble shit team. out of me i need to i need to <laughs> fucking practice yeah yeah what's yeah. who's your fighter of choice paul cammy 100 percent. cammy and okay. chun li are my girls and i they always have been so every time there's a new iteration of street fighter i have to master them and then i'll move on to somebody else that i find interesting so yeah nice yeah yeah and mark, so mark, is mark got beat up by girls yeah you got beat up by girls Whenever Paul and I play Street Fighter, it usually it's fifty fifty. But like I, my, my fuck, I got I'm washed up, man. So I got beat up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I got to get some practice in. I was actually playing today till our nephew or my nephew, whatever Bennett, uh, messaged me and was like, "Let's play Fortnite." And I was like, "No, let's. Why don't you play Spider Man and I'll help you play this game?" Because like I don't want to fucking play Fortnite. <laughs> and I'm sitting here <laughs> playing Street Fighter, doing my laundry, so and practicing because Paul fucking handed me my lunch. So yeah. as you do, as you do. Yeah. All right. Well, my Geek of the Week was also video game related because I booted up Final Fantasy XIV again 
because I accidentally forgot to turn off my auto renewal. Uh, accidentally for- in, in handy quotes. Yeah. Accidentally. <laughs> accidentally. And I have, so uh, there's four, exp- uh, one main quest and the four, expa- three expansions. And I never finished the first expansion, which is uh, Heaven's Ward, which I'm almost done now. I'm almost done Heaven's Ward. So I want to move on to what's next. Stormblood and then Shadowbringers. Oh my god, man. Shit sounds so fucking generic, Paul. Like it just sounds so <laughs> But it's so, so generic. It's so good. Next like I have to be Firemaster and then Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> Beast well, Slayer, I think, is next, right? Is that the one is that the next cloud, one? Or is that two? Cloudflyer? Is that one? Yeah, that's probably one. There it is. <laughs> There's gotta be somebody's made like a Final Fantasy game like gener- name generator out there yeah, somewhere. Probably. Well, for the Final <laughs> Fantasy 14 expansion, Final Fantasy 14 is like, you know, because it's the online version, it is a, a bit of a weird beast. And it like it feeds uh, like a lot of the boss fights now in like the expansions are bosses that are, have been remade from previous final fantasy games so like you get to fight kefka in full 3d or sephiroth or the ruby and emerald weapon from final fantasy 7 so it's kind of cool this sounds like my zelda game where like you're gonna get to go back and like replay crazy lands but as zelda rather than as link oh yeah 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 pretty much it's kind of like that but it's like you're doing them as like eight person raids yeah, okay so it's pretty cool. I've made a lot of progress. I finally beat. I got stuck on this one raid and ages ago, and I finally beat it this week. So I'm now like trucking along real nice. Should be entering the next expansion pretty soon, hopefully. So we'll see. But yeah, good times all around. I do. I miss my like online gaming. Like Alicia and I have not had a chance to sit down and play Lord of the Rings online in fucking well over a year at this point. Yeah, it's uh, MMOs. Like I don't know, they they uh, sometimes just mindless like, fun. Like yeah. you can just fucking grind away and just get lost. And you know, if it's a good world and it's sort of rendered well and everything, you can kind of just get lost in it. And yeah, it's and, nice to have just somewhere familiar that you can fuck around in. Yeah, and Final Fantasy fourteen definitely like feels like a place you can get lost in and all of the main like sanctuary locations are real like just still bustling with people like still really busy game that gets played a lot so yeah uh, yeah, dig it i'm 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 enjoying my time revisiting and learning to be a healer again i'm I'm a white mage and man man being a healer is stressful but uh (laughs) it, it it is what it is i guess everybody's yelling at you uh, everyone's constantly like if we fail it's the healer's fault first it's yeah. never the tank's fault it's never the dps's fault it's yeah, always it's the never the first. fault of the guys that are running out of range of the healers oh my god <laughs> all the time the last instance that i had to do was called the great google library and like all the tanks were pulling way too far way too fast and just they're like come on white mage keep up i'm like okay i'm trying i'm just gonna let you die (laughs) i'm just gonna let you die (laughs) screw you my main in lord of the rings online and i don't know what this would equate to in final fantasy 14 but is a captain who basically is like a tank basically but also has like some the or at least the specs i've given him the the spec tree that i've given him is like sort of a inspirational like so he has like yells that will like buff other players and like heal other players and shit like that so, mm. so in like, like a- a aoe kind of effects yeah i guess something like that yeah so yeah i, I definitely feel your pain because he does yeah. some healing and stuff as well as uh, as well as like just dps yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, I know the healing actually 
gets worse as the expansions progress. But oh, good. yeah, I can't wait to get at least a, I'll try to get good and then it, maybe it won't be so stressful, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So with Geek of the Week out of the way, we can move on to our meat of the episode. Turning hamburger into steak. Yes. So um, I've challenged the uh, dance robot dance crew to fix a movie. We're playing script doctor today, and we are going to tackle the monumental task of trying to turn Suicide Squad into a watchable, enjoyable film experience. The Oscar-winning Suicide Squad. Oscar-winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. So the idea was, like, I didn't want to put any, like, limitations on how we fix things, but we, I, like, if you wanted to, like, self-impose certain challenges, like keeping the whole same cast or keeping certain plot points but fixing others like you were free to do that but i really just wanted to like let's turn suicide squad into a good movie and maybe potentially predict what james gunn's suicide squad is going to be because <laughs> man so with that being said did we review suicide squad was, re- su- was okay, that it was we reviewed, yeah, yeah. Before, yeah, we did yeah. Review it with uh yeah and it we did not review it kindly. I think I was probably I the least down on it, but rewatching it did not help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was flabbergasted. Paul and I sat down actually around the same time we watched Street Fighter to watch the first Suicide Squad. And I was flabbergasted that I, if I had anything positive to say about it, I retract that statement. That movie well, is... I definitely still have positive things to say about it, but... A nightmare. A nightmare. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting sit that like, I guess, third time through for a variety of reasons. But I think if you're going to like start, I think the first thing you need to do is like write a script and not deviate from the script so much. <laughs> I think there was a lot of stuff going on in that movie that was like trying to recontextualize stuff that had been shot to change the tone. And I think that is kind of the big problem <laughs> with Suicide Squad. Yeah, it did uh, have a lot of reshoots and yeah. Yeah. That well, that probably is not to its benefit. No. I, did, did we ever figure out what the fucking reshoots were? Like my guess is that a lot of it was probably the like Harley Joker Batman shit. From what I remember, it was a lot of the intro sequence stuff was like reshot to lighten it up kind of thing because it wasn't funny enough. That's the stuff that works for me, like those establishing parts. So those, yeah, like, but it, see, what it's weirdly, it's weirdly disjointed. Like they need to look at the script again because it's like they introduce everybody and then they reintroduce everybody, and yeah. then it's very weird. So I think the first thing, like, I think my main, I mean, that's like huge problem with it. And then like the other problem is like the scale of the the scale of the problem is too much for Suicide Squad. the The problem with yeah. how they actually get to the problem, also like the. Oh internal Ouroboros loop of Amanda Waller fucking everything up so that she could make the team happen. But like the whole reason for the team happening is because she fucked everything up. up. So it's like, what? So that needs to be streamlined considerably. Yeah. Yeah. Before you can like, I think you just need to write a script. I just, that's kind of the (laughs) end of it. Like they needed to write a script and adhere to that script while they were editing. You know what I mean? The movie and shooting it also. Yeah. So so David Ayer, I guess these days, has a problem with scripts in general. Because apparently for Bright, there wasn't much of a screenwriting process either. I don't know if you guys saw Bright. Uh, I did. It was a mess. It was a fucking disaster. I couldn't bring myself to. <laughs> 
it wasn't quite as a monumental mess as uh, Suicide Squad because it, it felt like there was only one editing team working on it. Whereas with Suicide Squad, it was very clear that there were two. The people who made the trailer were the ones who took the second pass at the edit. And yeah. that's why it was such a fucking like cobbled together shit show of a movie. All those needle drops, though, man, like all those awesome needle drops that are like upon rewatch, just like so out of place and like. Uh, or two yeah. on, so on the nose that yeah, it, two on the it, nose. Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. one thing. I I don't know. I I think that there's a good movie in there. Tonally, like if they stuck with the that sort of tone, like the really on the nose fucking needle drops and the more like comedic intros and shit that they were giving people at the start. Yeah. But then they fucking shift gears like really heavy. So I think if they'd stuck with that tone throughout then i think it would have been a much more cohesive movie overall they yeah. did and they made the harley quinn movie we reviewed a couple weeks ago yeah. yeah well exactly i mean that's my other problem with this movie is that the joker and harley shit is just fucking there's way too much of it like what they needed to do and this is maybe outside of script doctoring this fucking movie is like if i'm making this movie i start out by making a fucking harley and joker movie first Yes. Like yeah, the 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 quick the quick jump to the suicide squad is almost as egregious as the quick jump to like Justice League in like yeah. the main part of their universe too. Yeah. So like it's kind of funny that they decided like we want to really get like why would you not just make the Harley Quinn movie? Like that was yeah. the whole reason for this fucking movie to exist is to like make a Harley Quinn movie. So make Gotham City Sirens instead of cast my pitch for this is basically like if you want to do this movie, fine. Not Enchantress, that actress is playing poison ivy now and everybody's fighting deathstroke because at least then i have there's a cohesive through line and it will feel like a comic book movie not ghostbusters because kind of what this feels like at the end a little bit uh yeah so (laughs) yeah and that's like not doesn't really work for like my, my problem is like this huge intergalactic threat is happening and you're gonna send the crazy girl with a bat (laughs) <laughs> in there to deal with it mm-hmm. like she's gonna fight zod like the whole idea is that she's like there to take on these big intergalactic threats that like that superman is not able to handle anymore because at this time i think he's dead mm-hmm. yeah so, like, that's part of the impetus is like okay he's dead now so we're gonna have to come up with our own like our own plan or whatever <laughs> and it's these motherfuckers <laughs> and yeah. it's these guys and i'm like no that's not that doesn't work at all like that's a stupid like that's stupid and the yeah. only one that's like top level power is the one that is fucking uncontrollable and goes south on them in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Which, which it was all to protect Amanda Waller, but also she's the one who chose Enchantress. Yeah, that fucking Ouroboros bullshit of like why this whole team exists to begin with. So, so yeah. So basically, like I fixed this is just yeah, it is basically make that crazy powerful enchantress lady. She's super beautiful, so just cast her as Poison Ivy. You get to dress her up in as skanky outfits as she was dressed in this movie anyway, because that's how Poison Ivy operates. And then yeah, you don't have that massive existential threat to deal with. You just have like maybe Poison Ivy loses it, which is you know what, handleable by people who are not Superman, because that's what you would need to deal with. Enchantress is the Justice League. Like it's too much for these goofballs to deal with. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's definitely that. Yeah. So, baseline, like the the entire threat in the movie makes no logical yeah. sense. No. Fuck the whole Enchantress is the villain thing. Like, yeah. yeah. Enchantress. If they're gonna use Enchantress, they need to lean on the comic storyline of uh, Croc and June Moon being lovers. Fuck this whole June Moon and and Rick Flag bullshit. Thing. Oh, yeah. that was bad like, too. 
and fuck fuck enchantress is some weird alien version of dark galadriel and fuck the whole like enchantress is like a dirty voodoo priestess fuck all that like the squad is never sent in to fight magic threats which is yeah what they're doing here so that made no no fucking sense whatsoever yeah so yeah the threat is the first is the main thing that i fucking change in this like for me a good or example of a suicide squad story is like the threat is like a hostile terrorist group or country or something like that maybe they've got like state-sponsored metas and then like the mission is like an assassination and like regime change yeah, there's been so many good Suicide Squad stories like that that they could have pulled from, and people would have been like, "Oh, this feels familiar. Like this feels just like the comics. That's fucking great." Right, like, and see that would have been allowed them to easily bring in a recognizable DC villain like Deathstroke, who's a mercenary, and yeah. to to interfere with the Suicide Squad's mission, and that way you would have maybe you could have Deadshot and Deathstroke go head to head for a while and have them have some kind of rivalry or and then we actually get to see fucking james Mang- manganello as destro oh please please or, uh, yeah yeah absolutely and also my idea for fixing just the impetus for bringing the squad together is that amanda waller isn't such a badass she actually failed a mission previously with actual soldiers that were like from the military because that would give her an excuse to try to get these bad guys together because otherwise like you're basically already like she's got rick flag katana and a whole bunch of soldiers to protect the suicide squad in this movie like you're or you're sending all these good guys to protect all these bad guys but the idea that the bad guys are expendable is why the team exists so like uh, maybe she's already fucked up bad with non-expendable type soldiers that they had spent dozens of years training in the united states and they all died to death stroke or whatever so she's like all right well let's send very expendable people that would make sense to me that then the suicide squad would have a reason to exist yeah i can see that it just boggles my mind that like the whole thing is like we're gonna get these bad guys together, but I also have all these good guys to protect them. Like it's just why? Yeah. God. Anyway. But, yeah. But yeah. So I like I would like keep that like make it a foreign threat or something like that, and then you'd like airdrop task force x in and then they have to fight like a a super team because like i've been wanting to see a villain team in a comic book movie for a while and i think this would have been a perfect fucking opportunity to do that the idea that i had was like make it i mean russia is a fucking hot villain right now so you make it like like a squadron of like rocket reds with a couple of other like russian metas or something like there's one called red star and a couple others like c-list dc villains that you could throw in there that would be nobody would have a problem with like having fucking Russian villains in a movie right now. Yeah. No. Especially having them get decapitated or whatever kind of sick shit they're going to do in a rated R. Because, I mean, also, Suicide Squad should be rated R, probably. Like, this is not a idea that you do in a kiddie way, so you may as well just lean into it and have it be that hard R. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. Which I hope they're doing for that new one, because like I, I haven't heard anything about that, but I would assume James Gunn's going to shoot for that R. Um, I would, yeah, I fucking hope so. 
And then, so like, if you go with that Russian angle, then like maybe the twist or like subversion or whatever is the Russian metas are made by, made by the American government or with like stolen us technology. And then like when the squad gets in there, they find that out and then their mission changes and they're like, okay, you have to get that tech back or something like that. Yeah. Sure. And it's exactly the last minute kind of like I was switcheroo that they would pull on the old like yeah. the Ostrander era kind of suicide squad that Tim and I've always mentioned and never actually reviewed the, the comics mm-hmm. from. So, yeah. And the thing with the, with a situation like that is there is like I'm I stand by most of the casting and characterizations and stuff in this movie. They did pretty a pretty good job on that. There's no reason you can't have most of those like same decent little character moments and shit like that and and motivations in a situation like that. Like you can still have that fucking bar scene. It's just like a Russian bar and they're all fucking drinking vodka or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like that's the only good scene in this movie. So like you have to keep that. Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, where they all come to this re- realization that, like, well, we're all fucking bad guys, but, like, we have a chance to do something good, you know, something yeah. redeeming here, and, yeah. It would just be really nice if they wrote some actual dialogue for those scenes, because of so much of this movie felt, like... improv improved and ad-libbed, <laughs> yes. and, yeah. um, like, and the character moments, like, between Deadshot and El Diablo felt so cringy. Anything, yeah. even Margot Robbie... Her interactions, because the the camera was just like directly on her, peering her all yeah. the time. It yeah. was so uncomfortable to watch. I forgot yeah. how bad it was that I was just kind of like, "Oh my god!" And then they're like. <sighs> I don't know. The infantilization of Harley Quinn in this movie in some scenes was just fucking weird. The weird cuckold scene in the club. Yeah, it's the most out of place scene ever. But yeah. 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 Fucking Joker is a cuck. Sure. All that shit. Move the Joker does not need to be in this goddamn movie at all. No, not at all. Like, just- that's that's my yeah, that's my other like big change is like fucking make like this movie should have come after a Batman versus Joker and Harley movie. Yeah. yeah agreed. Like you do that first and then like I still, you know, put aside whatever feelings you have for Hipster Joker for Leto Joker, like I'm still not real sure how I feel about it, but he's more of a distraction than anything else in this movie. Yeah. Like it should have just had this movie should have started with Harley being separated from him, but like still in his thrall and like but he's like given up on there at this point. He's moved on kind of thing. But part of her motivation to cooperate with Task Force X is to get back out and get with her Mr. J kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense to me in terms of like character motivation. Like most of their motivations, like besides Harley seemed fine to me. Like, except like I don't know why they had Katana there at all. Like Oh no, yeah. It, it, with Katana they needed to give her more to do or just leave her out entirely. Yeah. She's an awesome character, but yeah. if you're gonna if you're not gonna fucking use her properly, then same with Croc. Actually, like Killer Croc, I thought no. that he had. I I felt like he had more to do when I first watched it, but when we rewatched it, I was like, why is he even here? He's the one character design that I fucking hated. Like oh. he needs to be changed entirely. The fucking like thug Croc. He needed to just be a huge fucking CGI dude, like not just a fucking guy in a jumpsuit with makeup. Yeah, or and like either give him like even more minimalistic but funny moments or like make him actually part of the team because like I I got nothing from Killer Croc. Like Boomerang was 
like suitably annoying and made sense in the team dynamic. Deadshot, El Diablo, yeah, they all kind of made sense. Slipknot, be <laughs> poor Slipknot. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's another thing. You do if you're gonna put Slipknot in, you're gonna put a fucking Native American character in. You don't put him in and kill him five minutes later. And not even give him a shitty music video entrance like the, yeah. all the other characters got. Like, yeah. at least tease that he's a big character and then kill him off. Yeah. That would at least subvert our expectations a little bit. Yeah. It's so clear when they introduce him as like, okay, this is the disposable guy. Like, I'm pretty sure if you go back and listen to our review episode, I'll say like, okay, they're just going to, you know, use him as an example that the brain bombs are real. Yeah, yeah, because what he walks out of his cell and punches a woman, and then yeah. gets his head blown up. Like, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, it's tell, pretty terrible. Tell, telegraph that one, guys. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty terrible. Pretty yeah. terrible. Yeah, the whole thing either needed to be way more wacky or way more subtle, like one way or the other, because like it was walking this middle ground that just didn't work at all. But I'm thinking lean way into the wacky because it would have been a lot more fun to watch. That's what like the first like 10 minutes did. And I was like rewatching it. I was like, fuck, why didn't they just keep this tone the whole movie? It would have made like made such a fucking better movie in the end. <laughs> they didn't shoot the whole movie that way. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But like, that's well, the thing. Like if you have that sort of like, they're just more like surreal, like really black comedy, like leaning into the fact that they're in these hopeless situations and just fucking joking about it kind of thing like that works way better for me yeah endless gallows humor and if they're like and they don't always have to be at each other's throat never felt like the team really cohered and when they finally did it was so cheesy and forced that it was oh we're family now we're brothers like the bar scene was like yeah still the best scene but it was like was it earned not really so maybe (laughs) maybe make them like have a few more moments where they're fighting together and starting to trust each other and then get them to the bar to drink the russian vodka and then i'm more into that idea and then get them really really super schmammered and like (laughs) because everything happened within like what 10 hours like everything happened within a day in this movie and that could have been spread out a little bit more i know like these are time sensitive missions usually but like the, it felt like there was no room for these characters to breathe and so everything felt forced and if you make it like a little bit more of, of a spy covert op kind of thing then you give them more time to infiltrate and all that sort of thing and you give them more time to to spend together and and then the, the other like the one of the big parts of suicide squad stories is always like okay mission's done now there's the X-Fill. And like that's usually just as big a fucking issue as the actual mission itself kind of thing. So that's where a lot of maybe the bonding and shit happens is, you know, we, okay, we did what we did, but now things have just really fucking gone to hell. And that's now's where the fun begins kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, this movie was chaotic in all the wrong ways. <laughs> Like, it just, if it didn't, we wouldn't get to see Cara Delevingne pretend to be one of those, like, flaily arm guys from the uh, <laughs> the car dealerships or whatever. So, I kind of thought she was doing the, the witches from Silent Hill, but that's not a bad take either. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. What else was there that we needed to fix in this movie? I mean, dialogue for sure. Yeah. There's definitely more relationships that need to be built overall. So, who do you guys see, like, in terms of, I think, like, the one that worked the best for me was there's definitely some resonance between like Deadshot and Harley like I I got a little bit between them but like 
like I said, I really would have loved to have seen the June Moon and Killer Croc back and forth. Like they work together as me as a as a pair in the comics, anyways. Like she's a you know sort of broken character, and he's like really really protective of her, and then she's really you know accepting of him, even given his condition, his appearance, and everything. If we're keeping Enchantress in the story, then I'm cool with that. That's my first well, like takeaway. Is like she needs to go. Like she overpowered. She's overpowered to be on the team as a co-member because she solves every problem she's superman and then at the same time you flip it and if she's then you're turning her into the villain and then she's too overpowered for the team to handle and we had the same problem we had in the original so my take is i'll leave carla delving in there fine but like i make her poison ivy so that at least it's a little bit more of a grounded thing plus if we're all just we're just casting batman villains to fill this out along with fucking captain boomerang i guess for some reason may as well lean into uh, somebody that has a nice established relationship you can draw from from the comics with Harley Quinn, where, like, her and Ivy have that established kind of, like, relationship. Plus, like, you know they're going to do all the weird, like, gay baby kind of, like, lesbian teasing kind of stuff anyway. Those characters do that in the comics anyway. Go to town, boys, you know? Like, that's there already for you to write in, so... Yeah, I think there's a way to do Enchantress properly. Like, I think the way that you do it is, yes, she's incredibly powerful, but she's difficult to control and she's unpredictable. She'll only behave when it's in her interest kind of thing to do so. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and they'll use in the comics, they'll use, um, you know, they'll put uh, Croc into harm's way specifically to get her to cooperate and to get her to, you know, go in after him kind of thing. That would give Killer Croc something to do, too. So I think either way... Yeah, I think either either could work. Either could work. Because Ivy and Croc have a relationship you could tap into at that point, too. Yeah, yeah, they're both Batman rogues. All those Gotham... I think I would just lean into the Gotham... Like, that's how DC always wants to do shit anyway. I'd just be like, if we're going to do it this way, let's lean into the Gotham of it all and make them basically a bunch of Batman rogues. Because... That's who they all seem to want to fucking work with all the time anyway. <laughs> yeah, and then you get to yeah. toss in your Deadshot, Deathstroke, if you want to do Deathstroke that way. Plus your Russian villains and stuff like that, if you want to go that way. But like this way, you're just not dealing with like the one character who can basically solve the entire problem if you just get her to line up the right way. Right. Yeah, because I feel like if you put in Enchantress in those situations, she becomes maybe she pulls too much focus because she's too much of a lone wolf otherwise. Although I do like the idea of like her and Killer Croc getting together. That's almost like a separate buddy movie to me. Almost those are a lot of different character moments where there's still like five other members on the team that they have to give screen time to. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah, I'm still trying to think like who else works in terms of sort of you know pairing up or buddying up or whatever. Ivy seems good because Ivy has been. There's a long established relationship with Harley Quinn, and if you're doing the like where this is Harley's first step towards leaving the Joker, Ivy's always around when that happens anyway, right? Because it's Ivy she runs to when that kind of shit happens. So if the two of them are rampaging around Gotham and they get recruited at the beginning of this movie. That probably solves that problem also. Also, you know, that means you don't have to do the Joker bullshit. If the two of them are working together, the Joker becomes backstory. You don't even have to show him. It's just Ivy and Harley get like nicked doing some heist, whatever heist. Yeah. To make Harley's like to lift Harley's spirits because her and Mr. J just broke up Mm -hmm. and uh, they get nicked and put thrown into Task Force X with Deadshot, Captain Boomerang. And so they're already bonding. El Diablo. Yeah, Yeah, El Diablo, sure, because I like that character. Actually, he was probably one of the, like, out of all those random kind of C-list characters that they pulled in to this movie, 
I think he was probably the most developed out of all of them and the most yeah. interesting overall. Yeah. Also, my other thing would be like, as much as like, I don't mind Jake Courtney, but if you're going to cast Tom Hardy, you may as well just fucking cast Tom <laughs> yeah. Hardy. Yeah. So like, yeah, fucking yeah. poor man's Tom Hardy. <laughs> Maybe fucking think about that. Like, I know he was just Bane. He's probably like, I'm not doing another one of these dumb fucking movies, but like, yeah, that would have been a personal choice for me would have been like, can we just pay Tom Hardy to play Tom Hardy? Because that's yeah. what you want. Yeah. yeah. So. And cut out all that fucking unicorn shit. Or, like, yeah. have more of the unicorn. Dress him up as a unicorn. I don't know. Do one like, or the other? Because, like, the two little bits of him with the unicorn, I was like, what's going on? It doesn't make sense. But, yeah. like, if you add more of it, then it just becomes he's either really fucking weird or he's whatever. It's for his kid or whatever. He should actually be masturbating with a unicorn. I don't know. Something. Like, so you, just, no, but like, then it's just more Deadpool bullshit. You know what I mean? Which is half this movie's <laughs> problem anyways. That it tried to do half Deadpool, half Guardians of the Galaxy and didn't do either properly. So. Yeah, that's fair. Boomerang and Katana. Neither of them were developed well enough. No. Like they both needed so much more to do. So much more. I would see that's the thing. I think I, I would probably want to say, like, let's keep Katana then, because at least then you keep a woman on the team. Although I do like Captain Boomerang a lot because he's a snarky fucker and he's always yeah, got he's, something to, like, to yeah, do. Yeah. So like if you could take the like it's just a lot of characters to introduce, right? Like that's why when they do these team movies, like the Avengers work so well because you already know fucking five of the characters well enough that like you can just walk into this fifth movie and be like, I know everybody here except for that guy. But we'll figure him out, I guess, you know, and then like New Hulk, whoop-de-doo, like, oh no, yeah. yeah. I was so attached to Edward Norton. But like, yeah, this <laughs> is like, we're gonna, we're sitting here watching like all these new things and your eyes just immediately on Marco Robbie playing Harley Quinn, whether it be because the camera won't like leave her Jeez. alone. That one panic because- shot like up, <sighs> up from the street behind her. I was like, God damn, David Hires. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I mean, like... I'm against it, but I'm all for it. So, like, I don't know what to tell you, boys. You know, like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I, yeah. She's so hot. At least anyway. they pulled back from that. Like, if if they did, if they like stuck to that in Harley oh, this one in Birds of yeah. Prey, I would have yeah. been like, oh, geez, come on. Yeah, I would have just done this movie. Honestly, like, I would have just done Harley Quinn first. Like, I don't. This whole thing is such a mess because they like they keep doing these movies out of order. We went from Man of Steel to Batman punching fucking Superman in the face within a yeah. movie. Like, it makes no fucking sense whatsoever to do any of yeah. this this quickly. Yeah. I didn't even know who that Batman was, and he's punching Kal-El on the head. <laughs> but, like, all right, we're just, ugh, these things are a mess. We still got to fix this movie. So, Well, like, here's the other thing. Like, I think if we're going to do, again, if this is maybe looking at Suicide Squad 2, but I think, like, the idea of having one of the squad turn against everybody else, like, either as a double agent or just fucking goes off the rails like Enchantress does, that's a second movie thing. That's not your first movie. Yeah. Your first movie is, like, team works together, achieves a goal, but, in a, like, with some serious casualties and in a very non-traditional, unexpected way kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. And I think you can even tease the betrayal the, the way they kind of did with Harley and Joker, right? Where, like, yeah. even if they do halfway through the movie where he, she gets a text message and, like, half kind of fucking packs up and leaves before they stop her and she's like wait i've got to do the right thing and fucking finish this before i go that kind of thing yeah. you get that little bit of character development from harley and you tease this stupid thing that you're gonna do with the team eventually anyway because everybody does the somebody betray somebody like from inside the team trope that's gonna happen yeah but then you're just teasing it as opposed to actually doing it in your first movie do it in the second movie good call yeah. Yeah. And like let's not have all the character development and like storytelling like every character feels so sectioned off until about halfway through the second act because they do like that 
music video intro background of one character one at a time thing like you don't let the characters naturally develop their relationships through telling their backstory or showing their backstory like they don't have to tell like oh I have a daughter, you have a daughter, El Diablo, so now we're friends kind of thing. You, you can you can have it be more organic, but having like five minutes of Deadshot's backstory and five minutes of Harley Quinn's backstory and then a couple minutes of each of their, their – it's so like isolated and like hermetically sealed individually that it doesn't have time to mix. So just put them together. Just Yeah, maybe you have the together. first act – yeah, be like them interacting in Belle Reve kind of thing, like having some time together in the yard and you get an idea of their dynamic there before they get out into the, yes. into the mission out of the team together or some shit. Exactly. Like just, I know that they're all supposed to be in isolation and they're all super dangerous and stuff, but there is some way that you could have put these guys together in a room. Yeah, like a therapy session or something. Like therapy. Therapy. Yeah. 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 The right. fact that they're not all in Arkham Asylum at this point anyway and just like doing the Arkham Asylum, like all of them watching TV bit from like the animated series or whatever. This movie's so fucking ridiculous at this point. You may as well have just done that. <laughs> yeah. Where like, like Harley and the Joker are arguing about what to put on the fucking TV and that's dead shot has no fucking time for it or whatever. And Captain Boomerang is watching my little pony. You yeah. know, like it would have been like it writes itself for God's well, sake. <laughs> Paul Dini wrote it for us, but I mean, yeah. like it's okay. <laughs> and then Deadshot fucking like wrecks the dial with a pen lid or some shit like yeah, that that he flicks absolutely. at it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Do some bullseye bullshit, right? Because that's what you're gonna do with that character. Yeah. And then, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I my first take is really just like go read Thunderbolts by Warren Ellis, copy <laughs> what you can. And go to town, because, I don't know, his stuff's making entertaining TV for me right now, so just steal from him. <laughs> yeah. I think there's, like, mm, I don't know. There was a lot to be done to this movie. I think you can I think you can clean it up pretty easily just by, like, taking a look at the script and getting it sorted out, so. Yeah, I think that's fair. Talked about a bunch of shit, so. Yeah. Whoop. Shall we tie a knot on this, tie a bow on it? And- I don't know, is there anything else you guys, like, think we could, like, what, what? Do you want to like at least get like oh I'm not really sure. Oh, like how about we we pick a director who's not going to suck at this? Like who would you I mean, guys We've got it. We've got James Gunn on it. Like he's the perfect oh, yeah. director to do yeah, this. Yeah, James Gunn is actually excellent for this. So yeah. Yeah. like Taika could probably, you know, go a fun way with it too, but I don't know if he can really handle like a bunch of villains working together. Mm. I mean, that's what the vampire shows are technically and like he does True. that with a certain level of aplomb, although it is ridiculous the entire time. So I don't know if that's what we want in Suicide Squad is like constant maybe, ridiculous. Maybe it is. It Honestly, might be. It would have been better than what we got. So like, yeah. let's try something else. We still have the maybe. sequel coming. So we'll have to see how that turns out. Yeah. And if we're going to do a more serious bent to it, I think maybe somebody like James Mangold could probably do a, a you know more grim gritty Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Not that that Suicide Squad doesn't have Harley on it. You know, that's that's yeah. very much more like the Ostrander, like, uh, you know, covert ops kind of team. Yeah. 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 And I, I, that's the thing is, like, I don't know if you can get away with like this was going to be a Harley Quinn movie one way or the other. Like they were jamming Harley Quinn in this movie, reg- like the way they basically seem to be jamming Harley Quinn into every movie now. Can't wait for Justice League starring Harley Quinn <laughs> yeah. or whatever they end up doing. But like, yeah, like how what, what's the consensus then? Like, we got to give these people a consensus. These poor bastards have been listening to us babble about this for 45 minutes. So, like, we get to kind of come up with like a through line, I think. Change the threat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, change the threat. Give more time to character interaction and tell their backstories through interaction rather than giving them these fucking, like, music video moments at the beginning of the movie. Get the Joker the fuck out of there. 
Yeah. And just make them interact earlier and not in the most stereotypical way possible. And also write the dialogue for them instead of letting them ad-lib it. Those are all good things. Cool. Yeah. And definitely change the threat. And as Tim said, don't make the turncoat happen until the next movie. And no fucking magic. No magic. (laughs) Save it for later. Or never. Save it for Justice League Dark or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Justice League Dark. I'm into that. No magic. Deathstroke. Like, ground-level bad guy. Someone who's super threatening at ground level, but still, like, human and beatable by these guys. I think that would have been perfect, too, because you don't even have to beat him. You just have to have him just be like, ah, fuck, the Russians aren't paying anymore. And he just disappears and shows up in the Batman two years later. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, the way I have that whole... I could could tell you how you do this movie, right? Because it's almost the same... It's the same movie, except you you do the Russia thing. Like, Tim's right about that. Because then it's a ground-level threat, plus you're playing espionage. And you can do... All the fun shit that we have with the Marvel movies where it's like, oh, so-and-so shows back up, but he's like supposed to be C-list character XYZ, you know what I mean, that we get to pick up on afterwards. All these cool Russian characters that DC probably has stored away in their back pocket, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised they didn't just use in uh, Doomsday Clock because they kept going over to Russia, and they actually probably did use a couple of them, so there you oh, go. Oh, yeah, they did. Red Star was in there. Yeah. yeah. There's some Rocket Reds in there. So you basically have Amanda Waller be like, we fucked up and the Russians got a hold of our superhero creation technology, but we're not going to tell the Suicide Squad that. We just want the Suicide Squad to go in and fucking kill these guys so that like the news doesn't find out about them, basically. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if the Suicide Squad gets uh, suicided, then all the better. It doesn't matter, right? They're, yeah. they're just they're supervillains that nobody gives a shit about anyway. These are the scum of the earth, right? And we've already lost yeah, like they were, they were rogue operatives. They weren't. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah. And we've already left. We've already lost like a team of like real like seal hero kind of superhero not superhero but like you know hero army guys to this kind of thing and it fucked everything up and deathstroke knows about it and they've got footage so if anything goes wrong next time it all that shit goes out to the fucking newspapers and stuff and the american government looks terrible so now it's suicide squad time boom (laughs) there's your excuse for go suicide squad you don't have enchantress like i just can't figure out a way to work that in my espionage like james bond brain like it's just too fucking big for that world so I think you go high, uh, Poison Ivy, I think works better. And you don't have to fire Cara Delevingne. She's going to look great in that outfit, too. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And then you have the, like, basically the same team, I think, Yeah. for the most part. Because like, yeah. I don't think there's anybody you want to take out of there. I had a or thought that like maybe... Katana, unless you're going to give her more shit to do. But I think she has more shit to do in that story. I kind of want to recast Deadshot. Like, I think Will Smith, I can't see him as a villain. I think he's okay in this. He ends up okay in this, but I still, he's distracting to me because I just want him to be Will Smith, like friendly Will Smith, and it doesn't really work. I had to just all in my head to play that role and then maybe make Will Smith Rick Flagg. So at least Rick Flagg, if he's going to be there, is interesting because the guy who played Rick Flagg is a fucking dial tone. Yeah. Sorry, guy who played Rick Flagg. I feel kind of bad, but like, Right. And like at that point, we're also like that enchantress relationship's gone anyway. So whatever. I think that works a little bit more cleanly. Even if you leave everything alone in terms of like the Will Smith, Idris Alba kind of idea. I think that works a little more cleanly. You probably have to excise Katana at that point just for brevity. Like it's up to you guys. I'd be like, do you leave Katana in or do you leave Captain Boomerang in? Because either or one of them, they got a snark. That's their job now is to just be like the guy who stands in the background and says shitty things in Australian or Japanese accent don't care that's their job yeah i think that's boomerang not katana yeah, yeah I agree. so yeah so you go boomerang instead and then we've got harley quinn on the team i don't know if we pick another one i guess i can know we, we've still got poison ivy so we're flying yeah you know? we're fine we're good yeah and don't hire ike Barinholtz. just don't i don't know who that is that's the guard he's the guard at the beginning of the movie oh him yeah, yeah. 
Like, don't don't fucking hire him. He's not funny. Just don't you do it. You throw in uh, Cheshire. She's another uh, Cheshire. I was saying Cheshire. Yeah, she's another frequent Suicide Squad member. Yeah, if yeah. You wanted, if you wanted to have like that more Asian tinged, but like actually a villain, not like anti-hero, kind of like Katana. Yeah, is. yeah. I was gonna say Katana is always like a Bat Family person. Like she's tertiarily a, mm. like. She's like adjacent to those guys, yeah. Like I was gonna say, she's been on the Outsiders a couple times. From what I she's remember, she's been on in uh, Birds of Prey too, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, but you also with Cheshire, she would be a perfect like red herring to be the obvious turncoat for the second movie. But then it turns out to be somebody else. But like, yeah. it would be everyone would obviously think, oh, uh, Cheshire's gonna fuck us over, and then ends up being somebody like Deadshot or something like that. That'd be cool. I'd be into that. Yeah. Yeah. If we wanted to throw in someone snarky and bitchy. somebody you don't expect, like the, like Captain Boomerang always works with the rogue, so you assume he's like team player number A one, but he's like, no, mm. I only like those guys. You guys could fucking suck it, basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm terrified of Captain Cold. I think is what his <laughs> usual excuse is, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, so yeah, that's how I would kind of clean that up a little bit. So yeah, you're not doing the big threat. Rush is awesome. You know what I mean? Because like they're just the perennial villains, and I think they're gonna just be perennial villains for the rest of our lives. So fuck them. Lean into it at this point. Yeah, and then. Yeah, I think you do that. You got a nice, clean espionage story. It feels grounded inside this world. You're not doing suddenly doing magic in a world where you haven't established magic yet, which is another thing in Suicide Squad, right? Like we hadn't done any of the magic stuff. I, mean, I guess if you count Wonder Woman, but Wonder that they Woman don't really, kinda. but they hadn't really identified any of that yet when this movie came out. It was just like Wonder Woman has superpowers, so it's just another person with superpowers, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hers is more like basic, more in, yeah. yeah, more in mythic like religion antiquity than it is like you know yeah. dark magic kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think that works real nice. Yeah. In terms I of agree. just like streamlining the plot. So, like, I don't know. What do you guys think, I guess, at, at this point? Like, what do they think about our kind of streamlining of Suicide Squad? Would you watch this? Would you prefer to this to the movie that we got? Because <laughs> I think I would have. Yeah, I certainly would have. Although, to be fair, like, Hot Lava Anima probably would have been preferable to watching that for the third time. So. <laughs> oh, my God. It anyway. Anyway, so uh, I think that we did a pretty good job, Doctor, in this thing. It, Works for it, me. Like it's kind of it's still kind of a Franken movie, but we did our best. Like it was, it, the, I didn't have a lot of hope that we would be able to fix it too much. But hey, I think we did a pretty good job. So let's move on. Let's move on to our final stingless segment. Yeah, stingless <laughs> segment, which is our geek cred, where we recommend something that we've been enjoying currently or that we have enjoyed in the past. So Tim, go ahead. What's your geek cred for this week? Sure. Mine is a little different than what I normally recommend. So I was a big fan of Tim and Eric show back when it was around uh, and those guys and that fucking weird, like off-putting kind of brand of comedy. And uh, so I started watching the offshoot, like spinoff of that show, uh, Check It Out with Dr. Steve Brule, which is uh, John C. Riley's character, just this really awkward fucking quote unquote doctor. But I'd fallen off of it like after like season two. So I went back and like downloaded the last couple seasons and finished it off and like rewatched the whole thing. And like, holy fuck, that thing has some just hilarious goddamn moments in it. And it's so awkward and I fucking love it. So check it out with Dr. Steve Brule. For your health. For your health. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mark, what's your geek cred for this week? Follow me on Instagram, MT underscore Bullet. It is Star Trek month, I guess. I don't know. I'm just posting all my Star Trek stuff right now. So I just finished <laughs> posting original series stuff, which has been quite popular. And I'm doing next gen this week. So get in there. I did do I did Voyager, you fucking monsters also, just so <laughs> we're all clear. Um, but for real, go watch Castlevania, because I finished watching it this weekend, and it was really fucking good. Quite lovely animation-wise, too. I was having a 
little illustrator nerd out watching it because it is it's real pretty to look at too so it's always nice to have like 2d animation even if it is digitally kind of done uh, you can feel that it's done by hand at least there's somebody's hand touching it at some point it's not just like a computer rendering everything so but either way yeah castlevania was awesome and there's all kinds of weird there's some sexiness in this one so brace yourselves but Ooh, sexy vampire time that's your favorite yeah it, it really was i was very excited so good times good uh times. get in there enjoy yourselves yeah. My geek cred for this week, coming back to Canada, I've, I went into my book collection that has been sitting in my parents' garage for the last six years. Six-ish and, years, yeah. Six-ish years. And I pulled out a book that I adore that I hadn't read since, oh my god, like since university that I started rereading, which is called The House of Leaves by Mark Danielewski. And it is a fake documented account of a family going batshit crazy inside of a house that is larger impossibly larger on the inside it's a horror novel that looks like a bound manuscript that was like passed around from person to person and you have to like manipulate the book like read it upside down and flip it around to be able to read all of the text in it and the way that the characters interact with each other seems like it's kind of unstuck in time it's really disorienting and you're not quite sure what's going on at any given point it is amazing so if you like psychological horror and you're looking for a bit of a heavy read it's a it's long books like 900 pages check out house of leaves because it is fucking amazing so that's my geek cred for the week so let's close out so thank you everyone for listening if you haven't already please subscribe which you can do via whichever podcatching app you prefer on apple Podcasts, google podcast stitcher or spotify we'd love to hear what you thought about our script doctoring ideas how would you fix suicide squad would you fix suicide squad did you enjoy suicide squad why <laughs> did you, did you just set fire to it <laughs> yeah yeah please drop us a line you can get us on facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast on twitter at drd underscore podcast or email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com so say good night mark good night everybody say good night tim bye folks and i'm also actually saying good night when it's nighttime so good night everybody <laughs> from canada it's good to be back see you later bye <laughs>